Well, good day. This is Godliness with Contentment, episode 32. Good day. My name is Keno Hanna, and I'm here to have a conversation about how to win with money from the Bible's perspective. I believe that it's possible for Christians, people of faith, to reach financial independence. I'm actually going to be embarking on a journey through the Bible and we'll be looking at wealthy people in the Bible, those who were people of God. When I say I am embarking on a journey, I mean we will be embarking on this journey. So pretty much what I want to do is do profiles of wealthy people in the Bible, the people who are people of God, so not the the wicked people who, you know, doing foolishness, but those who are people of God and just look at different aspects of them, um, about their wealth, about their character. And today we're going to be looking at Job. So we'll start by looking at Job. And so we read um, just a little bit in the first chapter of Job and then a little more a um, little bit more in the 42nd chapter of Job, which is the end, so the beginning and the end of the book of Job. And you may be asking, why am I starting with Job? Well, actually, in the chronological order of the Bible, in terms of time, um, Job comes before Abraham. Abraham is actually going to be uh, the next um, wealthy person that we look at in the Bible. And I say person because along the way, we'll be looking at um, not just men, but also women who are wealthy in the Bible. So that's going to be some good stuff. If you're looking for a chronological plan for Bible study, take a look at the Blue Letter Bible. You can type that into Google or Bing, and they actually have a chronological plan. I've done it before a few years ago. In fact, I did it from front to back, uh, chronologically, right? So Genesis to um, the last, uh, you know, uh, part of the Bible there. And then the other year, I did the reverse. So kind of revelation to, um, to Genesis. But anyway, that's enough about that. But check out Blue Letter Bible. They have a plan. Um, or if you can't find it, you can reach out to me and... Um, I'll do my best to, to send the PDF over to you. But let's jump in. So what we're going to do is we're going to look in Job chapter 1. So if you have your Bible, you can turn there. I will read it, but obviously it's best for you to make sure that what I'm reading is actually in the Bible. I'm not making this stuff up. So I'm going to read verses 1 to 5. Then I'm going to read verses 6 to 11. So let's jump in. So Job chapter 1. In the land of Uz, there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons and three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and had a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among all the people of the East. His sons used to hold feasts in their homes, on their birthdays, and they would invite their three sisters to eat and drink with them. When a period of feasting had run its course, Job would make arrangements for them to be purified. 
Early in the morning, he would sacrifice a burnt offering for each of them, thinking, Perhaps my children have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. This was Job's regular custom. So that's verses 1 through 5. So we'll pause there, then we'll pick it up in verse 6 to 11. So firstly, Job was a real man. He was not a made-up person, right? So some people may say that this is like a fairy tale. This is not. Job was a real man. He is described as being blameless and upright. He feared God and he shunned evil. It tells us that he had 10 children, 7 sons, and 3 daughters. And he owned quite a bit of sheep, camels, donkeys, oxen, and he had a large number of servants. His spirituality shows up because it tells us that he would pray for them, his children, regularly, thinking perhaps that they had sinned or cursed God. So let's pick it up in verse 6, and then we read down to 11. One day, the angels came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. The Lord said to Satan, Where have you come from? Satan answered the Lord, from roaming throughout the earth, going back and forth on it. Then the Lord said to Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There was no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. Does God fear, sorry, does Job fear God for nothing? Satan replied. Have you not put a hedge around him and his household and everything he has? You have blessed the work of his hands, so that his flocks and herds are spread throughout the land. But now stretch out your hand and strike everything he has, and he will surely curse you to your face. So first off, I do want to say that this reading, there's an alternate reading of this. Uh, For example, in verse 6, it says, One day the angels came to present themselves before the Lord. Satan also came with them. The alternate reading in different, different versions says, One day the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came with them. So here it says angels, but it's not necessarily angels. Um, it could be, in fact, the Hebrew says the sons of God. And so don't think that this means that Satan was in heaven. We know Satan was cast out of heaven. So this is not in heaven. Okay. But if you think of it as the sons of God, it could be any grouping, right? It could be a fellowship. It could be, well, didn't really have church back then, but a group of people coming together to worship or before God, and Satan was there as well. That tells us something about him. He's going to be there. He's trying to cause problems. He's trying to pull men and women away. But what we do see is that God was clearly proud of Job. Listen to what he says. God tells Satan, Have you considered my servant Job? There is no one on earth like him. He is blameless and upright, a man who fears God and shuns evil. The thing that stands out to me is that, one, God says this about Job. But God does not talk about how wealthy Job is. He talks about Job's character. Character trumps wealth any day of the week, any day of the year, any day, period. 
And even as we go after, I say we, I mean me and my wife, but also you, even as you go after paying off death, off debt, sorry, and building wealth, we always need to be reminded of this. Character is more important than wealth. God doesn't even mention wealth. He's not impressed by it, but instead, God is impressed by men who fear him. Satan had an issue with Job. He put forward that the only reason Job was the way he was is because God had blessed Job. Job had prospered because God had put a hedge around him. So let's stop right here. Guess what? That's what God does. God blesses, he protects, he provides. Satan understood where Job got his wealth from. It was from God. Same thing for me. The little I have or the much I have, whichever it is, depending on my perspective sometimes, I'm grateful because I know it's from God. Where's your wealth from? The little or the much you have. So this is the beginning of Job. I'm going to tell you a bit about the middle and then we're going to jump to the end. So all kind of bad things happen to Job. He loses his children, which is heartbreaking. His health deteriorates. He has sores all over his body. His wealth is gone. And to add to all this, his wife tells him to curse God and die. So anyway, his friends come and they don't really help. They blame Job for all the trouble that Job is going through. They figure Job did something wrong and that's why this is happening to him. But of course, we know the backstory. Job didn't do anything wrong. But through it all, Job does not curse God. He holds on to his integrity, although he's bombarded by all these different things and people and situations coming at him. And at the end, God comes to Job's rescue. God puts it straight. He tells the friends what the deal really is. So, we're going to look in verse in chapter 42. We're going to read verse 10. We're going to read verses 12 through 13. Okay? So let me turn there quickly on my computer. After Job had prayed for his friends, the Lord restored his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. And then verses 12 and 13, the Lord blessed the latter part of Job's life more than the former part. He had 14,000 sheep, 6,000 camels, 1,000 yoke of oxen, and 1,000 donkeys. And he also had seven sons and three daughters. So if you look at the numbers between chapter 42 and chapter 1, you'll see it was double, except for the sons and the daughters, right? Still seven sons and three daughters. But the note here is that God blessed him. God made him prosperous again. I don't know about you, but for me, I don't want wealth or prosperity unless it comes from God. And I believe we can learn a lot from Job. Of course, I'm summarizing this in a few minutes, but if you've never read the book of Job before, I encourage you to go and do that. But all good gifts come from God. I believe that's one of the things that, that we can learn from 
from the book of Job and from Job. And even looking at his, his life and his character. Like him, I believe we should pray regularly. We need to go after being blameless and upright. We know that these are worth much more than wealth. And like Job, let's go after being faithful in prosperity and in adversity. Well, that's all I have for you today. I encourage you to join me next time. We'll actually be looking at Abraham. Also, invite your friends and family to listen to the podcast. Tell them search for Godliness with Contentment wherever they listen to podcasts. This is Kino Hanna signing off saying, check you later.